Welcome to my Plant Medicine Journey podcast. This is your host, Daniel Rios Romero. And today I have the privilege to interview uh, my good uh, friend, Nico. And uh, Nico and I go back uh, to uh, the days, uh, the strong coach days when I worked for the company. And he enrolled in our program. And uh, uh, the guy was uh, absolutely crushing it, jumping into, into his spiritual personal development. Uh, I, I, I saw it firsthand and, and saw the men uh, rise above and uh, we became colleagues to the strong coach and uh, get, became closer and closer. We're working together. And uh, one day I invited him down to Mexico to uh, meet my friend Dulce. Uh, we went down and hung out and uh, he told me he wanted more of Mexico. And so I invited him to hear my, my hometown of Oaxaca in the coast. Uh, and the guy never left. <laughs> and uh, a little bit about uh, uh, Nico is that uh, if I if I asked him, tell me more about who you are. Uh, this is a completely transformed person that that you're talking to, uh, and and life has happened fast for him and both I and this. But yeah, we'll we'll definitely dive deep into all things plant medicine, all things spirituality, all things whatever comes up. Uh, so, brother, thank you so much for being on the show, man. Um, I'm excited to jam with you. Thanks, Danny. Thank you for the introduction. Thank you for having me here. I'm excited to invest some time with you and see where our conversation takes us. I love ask, asking this question uh, uh, to people because people who uh, work, have worked with plant medicine, and uh, I love to ask them the questions like, tell the audience a little bit about who you are. Uh, and, and for a lot of people, that question is like, well, you can be anybody you want to, right? Um, but I always get a kick out of, out of, uh, how people describe themselves. But yeah, if you could tell a bit, uh, to the audience what you do, what you're all about, uh, so they can get to know you a little more. All right. Well, who am I? I can go in a lot of different ways. Um, and depending on how deep you want to go. But uh, for starters, I'm a guy. I'm a guy exploring his life freely on an adventure in pursuit of love, in pursuit of harmony, and looking to support others and uh, guide them along their journey and what's possible. And ultimately, I'm a, a loving, caring, compassionate, driven, and motivated person. I'm a forgiving person. I'm practicing. I'm practicing all of these things in my life daily, cultivating the person I am and desire to project and be in the future. So it's a it's a constant practice and and shifting and molding of of who I am and who I want to be. You know, we could look at it as, uh, in a way, something I never thought I would say is I'm a yogi. You know, <laughs> yoga meaning union, right? Yeah. To really see the spiritual side of what yoga is, not being exercise or gymnastics from the Western culture, but to really see that. And in a dream one day, it whispered, like I was waking up and heard a whisper, like, you're a yogi. And I'm like, no, like, what, what the fuck? You know, like I played football and I did CrossFit and I'm an American. And what do you mean I'm a yogi? And as I've opened my have to that it's like you start to understand what satnam is like i am that that i am 
you know, I am mm-hmm. you, you am I, in a, in a workshop where we painted mandalas and had them read by an art therapist. Mm-hmm. The art therapist told me my pursuit was to, to basically see that, to see animism, to know that God is everything and to see myself in everything and everything in myself. And um, to me, that's the path of yoga. And that's a, a very spiritual path and can really be up in the woo-woo and beyond, I think, for a lot of people that haven't experientially, you know, touched that place. Because mm-hmm. it's like drinking. It's like alcohol or anything or medicine. It can tell you all about it. But until you, until you feel it, until you have the real experience... You, you know, you just have an idea in your mind of it, but you don't know the, the truth in your body. Um, and, and my goal and what I share with people is giving them or supporting them and guiding them into that experience, into that feeling, into that knowing for themselves. And then allowing them or supporting them in, in now how does this fit into my life and grasping that stuff and integrating it and starting to let that flow. Um, because that can be that can be more, even more disruptive than the medicine. The medicine can yeah. be amazing, illuminating, show you so much. And in a way, it can also create more pain. Because if you go back to doing exactly what it showed you about yourself or showed you where you're you know, holding yourself up or stifling yourself, and yet you fall back into your habits when the medicine is gone or you're hoping for the medicine to do the work for you or to fix you or to change this thing for you, you know, I think that's a concept we've gotten in Western medicine. Like, you take this pill or you take this and you get better. And yeah. it's like, well, that stuff supports your body and your body heals and your body does yeah. But with this stuff, it's a little, there's a little extra effort required because the psychological component's involved and the behavior component. Uh, I'm very curious, man. Uh, it's actually the first time I've asked somebody. Tell me about uh, more about yourself. And you describe uh, states of being, not what you do, uh, which is really cool to hear. Um, but for somebody uh, that comes from, you know, playing American football, uh, grew up in Chicago, into CrossFit, very masculine type sports. Um, how, what? How has been your journey? If you could tell us more about that. Uh, for you to call yourself today, I'm a yogi, because uh, I imagine you had to uh, dismantle a lot of stories of who you were, who you were, uh, to to become the person that you are today. Uh, so if you could tell us a little bit about that, I'd love I'd love to hear. Yeah, it was incredibly bumpy, um, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. It was incredibly challenging to to give up who I was, to give up this association. You know, it was when I first realized through doing some of this work, um, through doing inner child and emotional work, um, even before the medicine, even before true, like, uh, you know, substantial or uh, substance-based medicine, getting it through inner child works in a sober state. Um, I hear the volcano. You distracted me. Um, I apologize. We, we, okay. we, we have bags here flowing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's um, like a, uh, that, uh, yeah, it's like, um, wh- what do you call that? Uh, uh, I forgot the, the psychologist that uh, messed with dogs and bells. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, Pavlov. <laughs> I'm, yeah, we're Pavlov, yeah. We're conditioned to the <laughs> of the volcano. Our friends are the crinkle of the bag. It's like the best alarm clock in the morning for them. 
when we're all together and someone turns it on they're just like come they come running like dogs oh man uh yeah sorry to anyways uh so yeah man so you know when i first did some of that and saw a lot of this stuff about myself and realized how much of myself was tied to what i did i had a very difficult time or a very challenging time separating from a job um, that COVID separated me from. I hadn't found the courage to do it myself, although in my heart I wanted to. But I loved the people I worked for. They were basically my family. I had a super good gig. It was uh, convenient. It was free. and um, But it wasn't for me anymore. I had grown as much as I could possibly grow in it. And from there, you know... It was. I realized how much of me was tied into into doing it and thinking that the business would fall apart without me, and these stories I created to keep myself right there, and even owning a gym and teaching CrossFit and training others for so many years, an athlete and my physical body was such a strong part of my reality. It was a major percentage of it. It's uh, where I lived and. I remember coming back to the gym after doing some of the inner child work and having some of these realizations and picking up a kettlebell, which at the point and still do love kettlebells. And it just, it was wrong. It felt so wrong that I put it down and I found myself spending the next five to six months outside in the sun with my shirt off, swinging Indian clubs and doing a bunch of different modalities of movement than my entire gym and my community at the time. They're all inside the gym in the summer, sweating, deadlifting, going hard. And I'm outside like, you know, doing circus things. So it was very difficult too because there was a lot of um, loneliness in a way of, of leaving a community. I first tried to imprint upon them like, this is what I know. This is what I feel is better for us. This is better for our health. And... At some point, I, I realized that they're happy where they're at, and that's exactly where I was at prior, and to respect what they want and um, to move my own way instead of trying to take them with me, to allow them to come if they wanted. But um, that shift, and then and then when I went to Mexico with you, it was the first time I didn't work. Um, I took time off. I had saved, and I had needed that and wanted that so badly in my life for years and never knew how to give it to myself. And I, I went down to Mexico with you with no intention. You know, we plan to stay a month and see what happens. And, you know, I stayed that once you left after a month, I stayed for six months. But those first two or three months, it was so difficult to relax in a hammock, you know, to just be. And this is a beautiful beach town, very small. Like, I, I haven't seen much of a slower life anywhere else. And, you know, it wasn't... The, the, the day feels twice as long. <laughs> there. Yeah. And it was like, It's like noon. It feels noon and like you lived the whole day already. Yeah. Yeah. But with that, it's not a vacation where you know you're going back, where you know you have something, you know, like you know you're going to make income, you know what you're going to do. Like to just, to be in that space of completely free and not know... You know, to to relax into that space, it took a lot of practice and time to be comfortable. It was so unique, and um, there was a lot of that brought up a lot of identity and how much of my identity was tied to my value or what value I created. You know, I make this much money, or I provide this service, and I do this, 
and it didn't totally align with my spiritual beliefs that had been developing through this process because as I did the emotional work, as I did the medicine, there was no talk about God. There was no talk about spirituality. It was something that arose from within me. You know, mm-hmm. I, it was inspiration. It was spirit within. And to me, you're worthy or I am worthy because I am, because I'm a mm-hmm. soul, because I'm here, not because I did something. And mm-hmm. that takes a lot of practice to instill worthiness because you are the same way if you have a baby or, you know, like look at what age you start putting rules on the child and start rejecting them in ways or start demanding things of them versus when they're a complete newborn and in the beginning you you accept them completely no matter yeah. what just because they're there because they're, they're the greatest gift and they're there so you ex- they're worthy of everything mm-hmm. and then somewhere along the line you know the world says we got to do stuff or we have to and doing things from a place of have to versus want to you know, that's the, that's the difference of like an outside pressure to me pressing in on you and an inspiration, a pressure from within pushing out into the world and to mm-hmm. find a place where we're aligned and, and following our path, our heart, where that pressure, the spirit's coming from within us and pressing outward into the world rather than letting the world press inward on us and shape that for us. And these are big concepts and big, you know, maybe sound simple, but this practice, it's it's simple, but it's challenging because it's so different from from the norm, from what almost yeah. all of us have been raised as. And, and you know, uh, I'd love to hear uh, more about uh, the childhood work that that's started this for you, and um, and why it's important to like uh, go back and and unpack uh, all of our domestication. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I I went to this retreat at the time called Training Camp for the Soul based on your recommendation. I trusted you as my coach at the time. Maybe I resonated with something in you, saw something in you. We really didn't know each other outside of a couple of Zoom calls at that point. Mm-hmm. And even when I signed up and I went, I put in more than half the money I owned at the time, and I had no clue what I was going to. I just, mm-hmm. you know, followed this and it was the first time I'd really done something like that. It was very unique. But that work, and for me, it was very, I was very open to it. You know, I took to the process very fluidly. And um, and I went for six days, and that was the first time I think I was completely sober for six days in many years because I was using cannabis morning and night daily. Um, and after that, I just didn't. I didn't even touch it. I didn't think about it. The whole, whatever I was trying to fill with the cannabis every day was gone. I didn't need to fill. And the desire for it just fell off completely. And same with binge eating. Um, And yeah, I I found some roots of where that is. But what I've also learned from another mentor who claims or uh, teaches that the quickest way to source from most of us is through the inner child. Um, this teacher brings into past life regressions and regression therapies. And if you have blockages within the inner child, you're not going to get into the past lives. You're not going to get deep into the regression until you clear the surface layers. And the way she taught, which has been very helpful for me, is 
that we don't even need to understand the story. We don't even need to know exactly what happened. We just have to be able to attune to the feeling in our body and with safety feel that, express that, and and relabel it in a way to store it in our memory. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that process, I think, is almost a prerequisite for medicine. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the tools developed through that and that connection to yourself and understanding, it gives you a great framework and toolbox to navigate the medicine experiences, especially the medicine experiences that get dark. You know, like we yeah. all... We've had those super light and blissful, amazing ones. And on the other side of that, then, you know, the more light you go into, the more dark you, you're going to explore too. We have to explore the poles. Yeah. And um, again, many people looking in the, just looking for the, the bright side, you know, especially mm-hmm. when I look into yoga, it's this idea of contentment, this acceptance of what is, which is also taught with the inner child um, and emotional work, just the accepting what is, you know, mm-hmm. it's, Anat would say, uh, one of the teachers of the program would say, you know, suffering is just being in an argument with reality, right? Not accepting what is. And from the perspective of yoga, like, we all want, everyone's after joy, everyone's after good. And, you know, they want good, they want it better. And they're, they're not seeing that that's all a judgment. That's their, that's their version of what's good now. You know, in 10 years, that might not be good anymore. And so I find myself practicing contentment a lot more, which is very weird or unique for me because, you know, as um, the relationship I'm in is bringing up anger sometimes for me and giving me, showing me a lot about it. Anger I never expressed in any other relationship or in any way since I was a little kid. And like, I'll get frustrated at dinner. You know, I have like a silly story like the we order a full fish an entero and the woman brings out two enteros and cooked one's a bit smaller than the other and I'm hungry I'm a little cranky and uh they're the same price and she brings both to our table and we ask can you give us the bigger one and she doesn't listen and or even acknowledge and she puts the smaller one on the table and walks to the next table and gives him the bigger one and me, I'm like, ah, like the little kid in me is upset. I'm like, this is, this is annoying. And, um, and then, you know, for me, the fish was a little dry and I was like, oh, I know it's cause this guy cooked him at the same time and cooked, you know, that one's a little bigger. So that one's probably good. And this, this whole crazy story and, and got irritated and my partner's like, you know, like, what's the deal? Like, if this was your last meal, like, are you are you like, is this how you want to die? You're like upset and stuff. And I'm like, you know, to me to express that now and to feel that and to, it didn't bother me. I didn't see it as a problem. I'm okay with it. And it's, it's, it's coming up and I'm expressing it rather than just like pretend everything's no, it's okay. It's cool. Like I can find that, that happy attitude in everything, but is it authentic to what I'm feeling? And can I express that? And I found myself honestly answering the question that, yeah, I'd be okay if this was my last meal and I died like that. Like, I'm okay whether it's a bowl of white rice or it's a five-star meal. You know, and finding this place of contentment, finding this place of center. And it's, a, it's again, a unique thing because you realize how much of your life is just based on your preference, your judgment, and what you want. And, you know, granted, of course, I still 
aspire for the things I want and desires and pleasure. But in that process, being okay with, mm-hmm. you know, the gap in between. Yeah. Uh, what, what are your actual practices look like to practice uh, contentment? Um, to practice contentment. For me, it's, it's taking a step back, just sitting in it, taking a breath and, and acknowledging what I'm, what's going on, you know, acknowledging, okay, I'm getting angry. Okay. I'm happy. Okay. This is coming up. Okay. You know, this is, and just, and just sitting with it and observing it. Um, you know, as far as other like practices for, shaping and cultivating the identity um those are slightly different but in the space of contentment um and the acceptance a lot of that for me is just pausing pausing and observing and seeing where i'm putting my judgment my imprint on it and and just acknowledging it not having to change it you know rather than change if i'm upset about like irritated about the about the meal like acknowledge i'm irritated and then let it pass you know, and then and then go back to dinner. You just let it flow into it, and rather than hang on to it, you know. Whereas in the past, I would never, I wouldn't acknowledge that I was irritated, you know. But it's it's okay to be irritated. And then once I acknowledge I'm irritated, now I'm not so irritated. Gotcha, man. Thank you for sharing that. And and I'm a big believer, um, in, in getting the most out of. Um, uh, a psychedelic plant medicine experience that one can have a more profound experience if they do uh, tap into uh, this childhood work uh, that allows them to, uh, you know, like you said, connect to that energy. Uh, for you, man, uh, you know, I, I know you you did uh, training camp for the soul. Uh, have you had have you worked with plant medicine before that, or or were your experiences after? I had worked. You know, before that, I wouldn't really call it, it's different now. I had, I had experienced some, some psychedelics before, you know, once when I was 15 or 16, my friend's sister gave us a bunch of mushrooms and left, left us by the fire, um, you know, gave us like 3.5 grams each while we were 16 years old and left us by the fire. And that changed me completely. You know, I was very angry about my parents' divorce. I was taking a lot of, a lot of the anger towards my mom, even though I see it completely different now. Um, but in that moment, in that experience, I just saw her as a human, saw her efforts, saw what she was going through and completely changed, um, how I treated her and respected her. And it was very big shifts. And then, I had two or three other experiences with mushrooms through college, but I really wasn't touching it. And then I want to say it was, yeah, I really hadn't touched psychedelics. I was using cannabis all the time, but at the time cannabis wasn't psychedelic to me because of the way I was using it. Um, And then it was after TCS that I, that I actually was called back to it. I had been, been, been being called to ayahuasca like slowly, slowly, it just kept creeping in my awareness. And when I was in the strong coach six months before um, TCS, I had written a year, a, a yearly goal to to uh, travel to Central America and and drink ayahuasca. And lo and behold, ten months later, uh, just after TCS and through TCS, I was connected to Mike and Chris, and the three of us wandered down to uh, 
Mama Marta right before right before your experience with her. So yeah, for me it was, uh, but the the use wasn't ceremonial or sacred or reverent or respected in ways that it's treated now. Um, it was more fun. It was less about self exploration and and you know my understanding of of the reality and and how these things interact with it and work is you know significantly different. So I wouldn't have called it medicine use then, but definitely some strong experiences that opened me to the door. And I remember the first time I took mushrooms after TCS, um, again, not say, not in a really sacred way, but I took them with my roommate and my ex-girlfriend's brother, the three of us. And the second that the medicine came on and like the fuzz started to come in and everything was a little blurry and like you feel it coming in, I just, I entered that space and I just knew I'm like, I'm home. Like shit, I haven't been here in years and I'm home. And uh, as you know, like for me, that's a very comfortable place, even if it's extremely uncomfortable. You know, I love the deep purge. I'm weird in that way. Like, I, you know, let's sit in ceremony all night and just puke and shit. And we're having a great fucking time. You know, it doesn't make any sense. It's the thing people are scared of. But I was just like, no, this is home. This is what I do. This is where I work. Like, and, and my ability to navigate in that space and work with others and, and myself, especially working with their bodies and where things are stuck in their bodies, um, I, I didn't learn any of it. It just was intuition. It just was remembrance, you know. In a way, I don't even know what's going on, um, but I'm just following that intuition. And so into that space is is a, a home for me. And I know for some people that's... That's not the case. That's not where they're meant to be all the time, right? They want to be back on the ground. And I, I like spending time on the ground and having space in between ceremonies. I do see a lot of um, plant medicine use for spiritual causes, quote unquote, that is just like, you know, I, I, I would have to call it a party, not, uh, not a ceremony. And finding that it can be blurred lines sometimes, but finding where um, where it's serving us and where it's hindering us and that's a that's a fine balance and individual to each gotcha man uh and you know uh, from from your experience with working uh with different uh plants and and different ceremonies uh we we just hung out here a few days ago and and you've been catching me up on uh uh, the work that you're doing down here in, 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 in Oaxaca supporting uh, with peyote uh, ceremonies. Um, and, and, you know, to me, and from what you said, but just from knowing you, uh, it's, it's very much your medicine. Um, but I, I, would, I, I, I would love to learn how, how uh, you work with different medicines, gambo, ayahuasca, mushrooms, and work your way into like finding a medicine and, and a practice. Like how has been your journey and exploring through cannabis and, and, and your ceremonies that led you to, to, to working with, with peyote? Well, um, I mean, cannabis, I wasn't using it as psychedelic. Now, now, you know, 
me and you would be like, okay, let's have a little cannabis. And then you want to leave and go into town. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to lay down and be on a journey for an hour. So, <laughs> you know, it, 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 so it, some it of those affects, were accidental. <laughs> yeah. It affects me very strongly. Yeah. Well, and it, you know, it's reminding me to have a, a sacred or reverent use with it, to respect it, uh, to see its power. And, um, you know, mushrooms was the entryway, but when I, but mushrooms for me, you can purge a bit, but it's not the most effective medicine for purging and moving energy, at least from my experience and with what I work with, but it does tend to be the most accessible. Mm -hmm. Um, but they're different spirits, you know, the mushroom spirit is its own versus the ayahuasca spirit spirit versus the peyote spirit. And so secondly, I went to, um, to Colombia, and that was when I drank ayahuasca and that was my first, like, that was my first experience with a true, like purging medicine. And that's when I was purely in love, like, oh, this is what I was looking for. Like, because in that, in that experience, I started doing, I just started doing Qigong, yoga, I could literally see the ball of chi between my hands and mold it, play with it. Like I was intric- intricately connected to it all. And and I had never done qigong or known anything. It was after that I discovered, oh shit, that's what I was doing for fucking four hours in the <laughs> there. You know, like I had been doing this super old practices that I, I don't remember in this life, but they're from somewhere. They're in my DNA. They're in my system. Um... And so I really wanted to start to work with that medicine. Um, and then you went there and, you know, the story with you and and how you fit into uh, Mama Marta's reality and um, and that place. And, you know, then you and I had our men's retreat and we served mushrooms. Uh, you facilitated the experience for everyone. And it was just a beautiful harmonious like you know i just see you running around in your white clothes like taking care of people and i was just like oh he's just like mama marta like carrying Mm -hmm. this beautiful powerful nurturing supportive energy through it and then for me i was working with a lot of the guys in a very different capacity in a much more masculine capacity um so i found oh wow like we have such a good balance in this in what we offer and how we complement each other. And so, um, and ayahuasca being a much more feminine uh, energy, medicine, right? Mm -hmm. We call her mama. But Mm -hmm. peyote, we call grandfather, right? Grandfather Mm -hmm. fire. And you you work with the fire all night and the force of transformation and it's masculine, right? It's mescaline. So it it lights you up and it, it upregulates you rather than downregulates you like most of the other medicines, right? Ayahuasca drops your blood pressure, drops your heart rate, while peyote goes the opposite direction. And it was so much more masculine. And you, t- again, you took me to, uh, to Monterey and we went hiking in the hills. We, you know, this, the, our shaman, she, she's this, I don't know, woman probably in her 50s, like short Mexican woman. And she sneaks us in through somebody's property. We hike into the back of the mountains. We get our peyote out of the ground. We make our prayer, our offering. We eat a little bit. And we bring the rest back for ceremony later. We get locked in to this person's property that we snuck into. And they have like (laughs) 8 to 10 foot concrete walls. 
You know, he totally saw us and just fucking locked us in. And so we're like hiding back in the bushes. We got our hats on. We're in the mountains and I'm just having, and we ate a little peyote and I'm just having this deep remembrance of like, oh, like I've done this before. I know exactly who I am and where I've been. And I'm like, I feel like a coyote out in the wild. And we end up, you know, finding a little ladder and all hopping the gate and helping each other to get over this fence and into the back of the pickup. And we go back to our ceremony, sit for the evening, do our thing. It's my first experience with peyote. And, you know, the the way Maria does it is very different from the way I work with it now and the shaman I'm apprenticing or uh, supporting now, you know, because I start purging deeply into the fire as Maria's closing the ceremony. <laughs> and then I'm continuing to purge in the fire while all of you guys are drinking some mezcal and eating some food to settle your stomach, you know? And um, so for me, it was like a so-so experience. I wasn't, it was so gentle. It was so subtle um, until the purge came at the end. But then, um, yeah, there's just this remembrance and resonance like, okay, I really feel like just, I can't explain totally just, but it was a knowing, like I had my hat on as we're hiding in the bush and I was just like, I've fucking done this before and this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. And then, you know, I happened to get blessed, um, to have this opportunity. I don't know why or how I ended up at this ceremony, but Anna knew her, my partner, they're friends in a way I told you the other day, they almost look like sisters. Um, and Anna supports in the ceremony and, and then, so I went and, um, and just at points through the medicine, it was very different. It's powdered instead of eating the bulb, instead of eating the cactus, they powder it and we drink it and you drink cups throughout the night and we sit from 9 PM or 8 PM till the sun comes up. And so it's long, it's different. And this woman brings in these incredible songs, like these incredible codes, if you will, but between the drumming and the rattling and you know I connected with her and started drumming through the ceremony and getting in sync with her and then at some point you know the thing that comes through me whatever my thumbs do the intelligence that they have starts touching you know and supporting her and um, applying some pressure in some spots moving some things you know I until you've experienced something like it you don't really know maybe what we're talking about but if you had someone doing energy work on you. And in a way, my I just started doing it. My hands started doing it on her. And then she gave me the blessing to go. She says, okay, Nico, you can go work with the others now. And she gave me the blessing to go and start supporting others. And since there, I'd asked her, you know, to help, to support and learn. And um, I find myself working and supporting a lot of the men in the ceremonies while she's supporting a lot of the women. And we've found a symbiosis where... You know, she'll be doing a healing or a clearing of someone. And now in a way, or oftentimes we'll be doing simultaneous. I'll be, I'll have a, a man I'm working with and she'll be working on a woman and uh, other people will be playing the rattles and the drum. And it's just very, very powerful. It's an experience that, you know, has to be, to be there. You know, I can, that's all I can say, but to, to be blessed and grateful to have this opportunity to explore and see what it is, is my medicine, what it is that's coming through. You know, I have experimented um, with with bringing that stuff outside of the substance, outside of the medicine space, and it's it's effective. Um, 
there are definitely certain people that it's not for that aren't open to it that it's a, such a strong masculine energy it forces like almost a complete submission if you want to receive you have to let go and just to to dominate in a way um and maybe there's better language to describe that but there's a level of safety that i'm able to transmit through feeling um as i'm as i'm touching them you know as i'm as i'm doing that so i might be like in the deepest part of like their cheekbone with my thumb but they're able to relax completely and say they just feel safe for some reason um so finding a place to explore that and and see what it is and yeah doing it outside of the medicine doing it with rape sometimes um just doing it when i'm feeling called and then there's times where like you know i don't i don't feel the call or to work with that person or that they're ready for it cuz as the ceremonies go on in in the peyote or the hickory you know i know i know i'm fully in the medicine when I start to know exactly who the shaman is going to go work on next, you know, I'll be watching, oh, she's going to go over to that guy next. Like, I feel, I see that, I see that darkness or I feel that heaviness. Like, I say I see, but it's really a feel. Um, and it's a, it's an interesting sentience. But, uh, yeah, all of this stuff. And then, you know, going back to the whole identity, like, this stuff is so far outside of everything I believed two years ago, three years ago. I would have laughed at this shit three years ago. And now I, I'm only believing it. I'm only fully in it because it's my experience. It's true for me. You know, I can't convince anyone else of this. I can guide them to their own realities, to what they can experience, and they can decide for themselves. But to me, this is this is what's been experiencing. And I've been experiencing it as a teacher. All, all I think you can do as a teacher is share or guide them into what you know what you've experienced you know if you're a sherpa you can't take them up the mountain that you've never been up you know then you're equal to them yeah man and you know part of uh of what you mentioned uh when we were hanging out is uh you know once like you i are are close friends and, and people in our life and people we've guided um, through, through processes of, uh, inner childhood work, plant medicine, um, there is a lot, it's, it can be very painful to unlearn, can be, you know, think about, uh, there's this idea, uh, that you grew up your entire life with that you can remember to way back when all of a sudden it's not true anymore. And, and that, you know, can cause a lot. Uh, but once, once, you know, uh, are guided through those things or you work through those things yourself, um, Life happens extremely fast. Uh, it can happen extremely fast. And, um, I've, I've, I've heard of, of, uh, uh, working with plant medicine. We call that when you're in that space, the fast world, uh, because of how much you can travel and learn. And, uh, you, you made a, a really cool comment about uh, all of our friends on, on how we are living. Uh, and you could, you could rephrase this uh, on how you said it. You said it uh, maybe bet, way better than I am. Uh, we've lived like most of our life in this past three or four years. And, you know, looking back at my life, um, for the most part, everything seemed like this, like straight path that, uh, I was following. And, and every year it was uh, a little bit of transformation, but boom, all of a sudden getting into inner childhood work, plant medicine, uh, uh, spiritual growth, spiritual development. And all of a sudden, like, 
life in three years is, you know, it feels like I, I've lived multiple lifetimes within that short amount of time. Um, but I, I would love for, for, for you to, for, uh, to hear your insight on, on, on why this happens. How, how can people transform their lives, uh, so quickly? And, and, and what was like keeping us locked, uh, from doing that in the past? And I would love to hear your insight on this. Absolutely. Um, well, first and foremost, time isn't what we think it is, right? We don't even really totally know what it is. <laughs> let's let's just keep it at that to start. Um, and a little uh, synchronicity here, because when you are fully aligned with where you planned, you know, if you want to go into this deeper idea that you're a soul and this is a school and you planned your lessons before and this is all in a way divine there's free will involved but it's setting you up and then then there's markers there's indications of of you know you being completely aligned with the reality we call them synchronicities it was something that when we all were connected and all of this was beginning um three years ago for the most of us you know and over the last two years was the synchronicity of numbers you know, looking at, uh, I'm literally looking at an old Topo Chico bottle. I look down and on it, you know, it says 03 May 222. <laughs> like, it's almost like a misprint, but it's 222. Yeah. And like triple numbers, quadruple numbers, the um, knowing how how that stuff is, is in a way a sign that we're aligned, right? But for me and for you, and I imagine for a lot of our crew, a lot of our, our soul family, our, our tribe here, um, a lot of our reality is aligned and come into over the last three years. You know, everything I think who I am and when I think about the past, it's it's a challenge. It's a practice to for me to even remember who I was 10 years ago. Like I'm so far removed from that person. And I, I find that to be the case with the majority of our 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 crew, our tribe, um, where once we began this process and in a way all together that w the more you shift, the more it inspires me to shift, the more freedom that Chris lives with, the more freedom that I see I'm capable of living with. And we're teaching all of each other these things in different ways, but, um, yeah, you know, most people going in are starting to develop, their their work or like their personal development they don't even know you know first you have to get clear on what you want or where you want to go because most people are so focused like you had said on like taking the pain away or removing this thing and this story but they don't have the slightest idea of then who are you if you don't have that story you know, and maybe the pain of that, the fear of that, of, of what you really are, of what you really could be, is actually more scary than just staying in place, right? And so they tend to sit still for a long time. Um, but, you know, I've known you for three years, like pretty much three years, right? And we've really only been friends and actually close for like two because we didn't really connect and meet until like a year after Strong Coach. Like after I went to Columbia. I think then I think I had met you once in San Diego for a day or two and then I went to Columbia and it was only after I began working with Strong Coach that we started to connect more. Um 
but I've known you forever. I've known deep, like deep in your eyes. When I go into my, the regression of a past life therapy, there you are, you know, you're there. And same with certain guys. Like when I met Chris, I walked into TCS and it was the first time I ever had an experience like that. I just looked into his eyes and kept saying, I fucking know you. I don't know why, but I fucking know you. And, um, that, yeah, this stuff is way beyond time. And the more you, the more you can let go of the idea of time or not worry about time and, and get into the practice of trusting that you're exactly on time for where you're supposed to be, then, then you start to free up a lot of bandwidth for, for cultivating and, and directing the, creating the direction of, of your life, of where you're going. Because a lot of what's holding people back too is their, the pressure they create of where they're supposed to be, of this idea. And that's all based on time. You know, for you and I and, and our friends, like, we're so close. I don't, I've never been closer to other guys or men or family and brothers and sisters like this. And it's three years of my life. You know, what, what happened the other 20, 29 years? Like, it's, it's like a, it's like a flash. It's like a blur and like, you know, it's, it's almost the flow state concept in a way too. If you know anything about Stephen Kotler's work and um, like the book, The Rise of Superman or um, Stealing Fire, he's taught, he's done a lot of the research on flow state and it's actually a different state your brain shifts into when you're in flow um, and time expands. It's like when, when a, a big wave surfer drops in on the 100 foot wave, he is completely present. You know, it's those life or death things. That's what those adrenaline junkies are going after because it puts them into pure presence and they'll tell you 60 seconds felt like 15 minutes their ability to respond and make moves and do things time changes and in a way there's there's we're i myself and i believe our friends have discovered that within our actual life we have found pockets of that to where time has expanded and shifted and it feels like it's been so long where it's been three years yeah. Uh, what do you um, what do you account to uh, us and people finding and what you've learned finding and creating this flow states in, in their life? Like what what must happen? First, you must do what's exciting to you. And for most of us, that was fitness. Right. And I think that's the first line of development that everyone starts on it's the physical reality it's the base it's the most tangible it's the most it's pretty much everyone's accustomed to it and and you start doing exercise because you want to improve yourself or you're doing it it, it excites you in a way and so huh you yeah of course and um i mean how much of that is really the root of a lot of it you know relationships and sex um and that's where we start to solve the problems. We pick something that's, you know, excites us, whether you're an artist or, or, you know, or you're a computer guy and you love to program software. Like, you do what excites you. That's where you start. And then, you know, it's like that evolves because the longer you do something, like, you get good at it and it gets kind of monotonous. And so, like, that's why'd you pick up a mace? You know, you weren't ready to completely leave the identity of fit and health and strength, but you also were no longer resonating with barbells in the same way, you know, and it's like, 
the barbell no longer excited you, but the mace did. And so you keep following that excitement, and that's the stuff that will guide you more and more into the flow states. And in the process of learning, like, it's a state. You go through many states a day. I don't know anyone that just has a completely stabilized single state. Like, that's high-level that's high level guru-style yogi that's just found the center and can hold it and hold it and hold it. And I'm a, I'm a human, you know, I'm having this human experience and, um, that comes with a lot and to learn to navigate it and, and flow through that. And how quickly can I go back to my center? How quickly can I, the game for me is how quickly can you acknowledge the trigger and then, and then move past it, let it go, let it move through you. It's the goal is not to never be triggered ever again. You know, I think even the greatest yogis, uh, or if you read the Magdalene manuscript and Magdalene being Jesus's lover, partner, and she talks about how he doubted himself at night. You know, when he wasn't by his followers, his disciples, he'd come to her and, and he'd share. He was scared. He, he, he too had all of that. Um, I don't think the goal is to completely stabilize and, and be one. I think for me, at least this is my truth, um, that the point of this is experience. The point of this is to experience life. It's not to avoid it. It's not to control it. But to be able to feel all of that, to go through it. The deepest grief I, I've ever had, once I finally allowed myself to grieve through the emotional child, inner child work, a week later, I'm driving my car, grinding my teeth, listening to music. And I'm like, I feel like I'm rolling like I am fucking ecstatic and I'm bone sober. And once I had that experience of like, wow, I can feel this high, this good without anything, you know, I essentially just expanded my ranges of, of what's possible, of what I can feel. And that, that comes, you can't, you, you can't take one pull without the other. We live in duality. We live in polarity, black and white, day and night. You can't have one without the other. So if you want more of one, you should probably explore the other yeah uh beautifully said man and uh yeah i i a lot of what you were saying i definitely connected to um and you know part of uh all, all that you're sharing um i want i want to uh, jump more in, into uh, the type of work you've got into in the past uh past year or so and uh <clears throat> we were hanging out in in, in Masunte, and, and uh we mentioned uh our friend dulce from monterey uh, we were, uh, uh, rooming in San Diego for a bit. Some, at some point she's like, I should check out like a Tantra course. And uh, as soon as we arrived to Masunte, uh, uh, another friend of ours, Echo, she, she mentioned that there's going to be really good teachers there doing a, a workshop. And, um, uh, w part of doing the, the childhood work is, is we, we could tap into the openness and that curiosity and excitement much quicker. And, uh, we said yes to this. We showed up to the event and, uh, uh, you know, Masunta is a very, uh, it's a, it's a spiritual hub where people from all around the world come and, uh, do plant medicine work. Uh, there's amazing teachers there. Uh, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very unique place. I, I have yet to experience, uh, something like it. Uh, and, and, you know, we go to this Tantra workshop and, and, uh, a lot of the things that, it just made sense, right? It was very, for me, it was very, a lot of things were very intuitive. It, 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 it bridged the gap for 
uh, a lot of a lot of things. It was a very integral uh, way of like uh, stepping into like learning more about my sexuality, um, uh, what how I've been showing up, and and, and ways to control that energy. Uh, but yeah, man, I, I would love to hear more about uh, your 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 ta- tantric practices, your work, uh, and if there's any connections there through plant medicine. Uh, we'd love to to hear more of your insight on that. Yeah. Okay. Um, Tantra, big subject. Um, when I was in that space with you, I was um, in a space of of seeing the world where I was seeing so much medicine use that to me was like very, from my judgments, my perspective was very disrespectful to the medicine, and it was basically partying and calling it spiritual and calling it healing. And, um, in a way I was re- so in a way I was regurgitating medicines, like, look, we got to do this stuff without medicine. You know, it's a great opener, but if you can't stabilize and do a lot of it without, then you're, you're not actually learning from the plant. You're, you're addicted to the plant or you're, you're relying on the plant. You know, it's a, it's an ally, but it's not the one, it's not you, it's not doing it. Um, and so I was looking for a spiritual path that um that would guide me or support me in discovering a lot of this stuff my spiritual journey um and what is that really just i guess a deep the deepest knowing of yourself of the true nature um and so i'd been called kind of to taoism and qigong and was exploring that a little bit and um and you know you brought this up and i said sure and i had no clue what tantra was i thought tantra was sex you know i think in what in the west that's what most of us think of but tantra one of the definitions or translations is the web you know and it's like it's like the spider web the web that connects us all um mm-hmm. and we were lucky or blessed or you know it was all perfect to have teachers that were teaching traditional um, ancient Tantra from, from the deepest parts of India, uh, versus a lot of Tantra is, is very topical, um, based in the physical world and very based around sex. Um, and at the same time for me, I, it was, it just resonated so much because I've always been so sexual, like highly sexual, a lot of energy there. And in ways, it controlled me. It, it drove me and made most of my decisions in my life, especially younger. You know, like I didn't have a father around to teach me anything about sexuality. And my mom didn't discuss any of that. So I had to figure it out on my own. And like, no one told me not to ejaculate or that conserving my seed could, um, there could be things done with it. And there's a balance in that. It was like, I was a kid, this felt good. So I did it as much as I wanted, which was mm-hmm. a lot. Right. And <laughs> right. Because there was no, there was no information. There was nothing being taught. And, and the day after our workshop, I had a dream of packing my bag and going to Italy, which is where their next teacher training was. And it was, it was a line. So I went and I went and I spent 30 days and, you know, the practice of sitting for 60 minutes every morning in a meditation followed by a two hour, like internal Hatha yoga practice which is a lot more around, based around awareness and a little bit more like Qigong than it is like traditional yoga. Um, so three-hour internal practice every day for 30 days, that transformed 
my understanding, along with all the theory and the knowledge that they were giving us. But Tantra is, is a spiritual path. And, you know, you can do it with a partner. You can do it on your own. There's the Vedantic path or, or the Vedas. And that's the, the path of the monk. That's the go in the cave, renounce everything, no sex. Like, that's the pure and then there's the tantric, which is the other side of that, is, is to realize God in all of the world, to realize God in death, to realize all of it and to love all of it and, um, and to be in it. And so to be in a relationship, to have sex, to, to utilize all of that. If you look into Mantak Chia and, and his teachings through Taoism, um, Taoism and, and Tantra have very, very close, like a lot of, of overlap. And, um, and, you know, understanding what to do with all of that, you know, of course I want to make longer love for longer. Of course I want to, I want to, you know, give her intense pleasure and me too. And to learn like orgasm because, uh, Osho says, which I wasn't a big Osho guy, but, um, Osho says there's two ways to God, pleasure or pain. So why do you keep choosing pain? And in that moment, let's say for most of us of ejaculation of, it's a complete, like, if I ask you, what's your name while you're ejaculating, you're uh, like, <laughs> you're gone. There's no day. There's no day. There's just bliss. Like, yeah. you're out of there. And in a way, that's what we seek. That's union. Like, we merged with spirit. We merged with our partner. There's no difference between us. That's union. That's yoga, you know? And, um, and so to learn that... Well, if we take it to an energetic level, what we're doing in the world, like to create is to, to penetrate the world. Um, so instead of to drop our energy down and outward through ejaculating that, we can actually conserve this, bring it upward and use it from our heart, from our third eye to, to penetrate the world, to create with. And that's a very different view of what, what, what my seed is, what the seed is, what it's capable of, the amount of energy contained within it and it takes diligence it takes practice and discipline to separate your orgasm and ejaculation and it is a process it's not like oh i just do 30 days and i'm good like it could take you two years to learn true continence because the, the idea is not that to not ejaculate anymore if you want to that's fine but it's based on you wanting to it's it's a co clear conscious choice it's continence that I'm going to release this now because I want to, or I want to make a baby. I'm doing this for now, or I'm gonna I'm gonna sublimate it. I'm gonna move the energy upward, um, and to essentially experience full body orgasms that last much longer than an orgasm from ejaculation, that are much different and can be much more powerful. Um, and when I first heard that, I was like bullshit, you know. Until you actually practice and understand, and this is where partnership comes in and, and also sharing the same values and vision. Um, but there, there is a lot there and simply for most men, how about just go two weeks without, without releasing, just see what's different with your, your mood, your energy, your, your motivation, your direction, you know, just, just run an experiment for two weeks. You want to go back to it, go back to it. But the goal is, is consciousness. It's choice. Um, it's not, to be again like when it's when you start to get to that point of no return where you're going to ejaculate like you're not making the choice anymore it's it's you're again being controlled by it um 
So without being dogmatic, because again, repressing can create its own, it's a very fine line in finding your own path through it um, and to explore it. But the goal being not to become a porn star, not to just, you know, just fuck like crazy and, and have ultimate control. I imagine most men, we want that, but it's for a higher purpose. It's to be used for something greater. And when you when you give it to something greater, when you give it to the will of the divine, when you give it to the all for the benefit of all, then I find that you have much more control. You are able to open into a lot of that and experience a lot of that because it's not based on a, an e- it's not based on your ego. It's not based on the small self and 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 you know yeah I'm I'm just the man that fucks them like I fuck them so good yada yada like like a porn star. It's not what this is about, and I, I think a lot of people and it's also not like hey just fuck everyone. Everything is you know love and and spiritual it's like you know um sexuality is sacred this is a sacred act and act and you know merging your energy with them exchanging them um for me it's like in mizunte it's it's a lot of poly and what i what i observe is like i i think to do poly you have to be very very highly advanced to actually do it from a place of love you know, I, I observe many of them doing it from a place of lack or a place of actual fear of going deeply into intimacy. Once things get challenging in the relationship, once things get difficult, they just turn and, and go with someone else for a while and keep it light and fun. And that's okay, but also a tantric relationship is a commitment to knowing that, you know, everything's a hologram, everything's a mirror for you. Your partner is actually going to be the greatest learning experience you have. They're going to show you the deepest things. They're going to bring up the deepest triggers in you. And if if you get sick of it and you, you cut it off, you'll eventually find someone else and your same shit will come up in a different way. And it's a commitment. It's a true commitment to knowing that your partner is a mirror and that you're committed to growing through your shit your stories, your triggers with that person. I think that's what marriage actually really was. It wasn't love and happiness forever. It was a commitment to this growth throughout life. And it's going to have its phases. It's like waves. You're going to have high points, low points. And you learn to surf it. Um, and how to be. And, and ultimately, it's about the commitment. The commitment to staying when it's hard. Because everyone can when it's easy. So I observe a lot of poly as a way of avoiding a lot of that rather than going into that depth of intimacy that, in a way, for me, at least, requires a commitment to open to that level. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and just for, for the listeners, uh, uh, when you mean uh, poly, uh, we're talking about like polyamorous uh, relationship. Yeah, um, like open um, relationships, open multiple, re- partners. multiple partners. Yeah. You know, in our culture in America, it's very popular to drink and I think as young men we're taught to try and fuck as many women as we can and that's a goal and that's completely disconnected from like you know part of the process is making is connecting your your penis your lingam to your heart and having them aligned in like you know you just got married I see the love between you two you once you've had that when they're connected it's like the pain of doing it when it's not connected is is horrible it's hard it's challenging it's draining, you, you know, like I would, when I, I had been connected in that way since I was very young and I thought something was wrong or like confused because everyone's trying to get drunk and fuck and I'm like trying to do that in a way, but at the same time it's, it feels so wrong 
and there were multiple times where I'd sleep with a girl, and then after I'd be like, I wish we would have just talked and had dinner. Like, and then for, and then feeling so odd, feeling wrong, like feeling so disconnected from the culture because that's not what I, what we do. That's not what all the guys in college are doing. That's not what my buddies are doing. That's not what we're taught. So it's a very, it's, yeah, this is a process of spirituality for the self and exploring and utilizing the most powerful energy we have, which is our sexual energy. It's the energy that creates life and it's probably driving us at deeper layers and making a lot of your decisions than you even realize. Like, why do you actually want a, but why do you actually want that nice car? Why do you want more money? You know, I think if we get deepest to it, cause you want to get laid more. <laughs> like for, for uh, most people, that's a layer of the, idea. yeah, absolutely, man. And, and, you know, um, as we're touching, uh, in the conversation of sexuality, tying it back to, uh, healing that inner child and, and doing that type of work. Um, something that uh, I, I became very present to when we did that workshop is how much healing people can do through sexuality. Um, it is like the root of how we're created. It, it, it's, it's so uh, deeply interwoven and in, like who we are, like you said, like a lot of things that we do are just this, we're doing it like subconsciously. And, and when there is traumas and there is pain around sexuality, uh, it can manifest in reality in, 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 in very painful, uh, ways at times. And so, uh, for a lot of people who, who have, uh, uh, worked with plant medicine, have worked with other modalities of healing, um, you know, if, if you haven't picked up, uh, or, or looked into, uh, healing within the sexual container, um, it can be very profound and beautiful. Uh, but I, I would love to hear your insight uh, and understand more uh, about that concept. Yeah, let me add a piece uh, for understanding here. Um, I got a massage the other day on my physical body, and I have, like, no pain in my physical body anymore. Like, it is fucking open. It's wild. I drive in the car, made a road trip for 30 hours over a week, and I don't have pain. Like my calves got a little stiff. Outside of that, after a little walk, completely gone. And I can see all my blockages are in my energy body. Where I need the work is in the energy body. And to um, separate that there is that there is an energetic body. There's physical body, energetic body, mental, emotional, and spiritual. Right? The, in yoga, they teach the five bodies. And now, um, with that being said, can you... Tri- uh, my memory on the question yeah in regards to um uh understanding more about uh healing through sexuality okay and yes. and going down that path so in a way a shaman this is my perspective of what a shaman is a shaman is not a healer they do not heal you okay your body heals you the love the force of love the force of life the flow the natural flow that's what heals you. When you're in a hospital and they hook you up to a bunch of machines, they're just supporting the body so that natural flow can take place. You don't consciously think about healing. You don't consciously think about that flow, right? A lot of these practices, Qigong, yoga, um, these things are about bringing consciousness to that flow. Um, I think the shaman just removes the blockages within your natural flow. Um, and, and, 
our blockages are created by our filters and our judgments of the world and the way things should be and the way they're not and etc. So when it comes to sexual energy, I mean, you could say it's slightly different than pure life force energy, but for this conversation, let's just say they're basically the same thing and that that flow, again, if you don't learn to harness it and direct it, and I'm not saying control it, but to direct it to to your vision, to your legacy, to what you want to be remembered for in life, um, to how you help people, then it's just going to control you. It's why porn is wildly out of control and addictive because, you know, it, that that's just guiding so many men, that, that energy. And they don't have any handle on it, any control. And when it comes to healing, like, within the sexual space... Um, yeah, many of us, it's it's in culture. There's so much shame around sexuality um, from religions and just in the generations that, um, you know, now we're, now we're in a space you have to explore what it is to you and define what sacred sexuality is to you and what boundaries and what, you know, what you want to explore with it. Um, but that plant medicines, shamans, and eventually yourself they can all facilitate in removing those blockages. Now, if you're going to keep going about the world the same way and you're not going to make any shifts in your behavior and your thoughts and your attitude and beliefs, then those blockages are just going to dam those areas of flow are just going to dam up again. It's the same thing acupuncture is doing. It's, it's removing the blockage and allowing it to flow through. And it's the thoughts, the feelings, the attitude, the identity that create the blockages. So if you keep going to a shaman to remove your blockages, but then you're not actually integrating, you're not getting support or being coached or cultivating practices that are doing this, the real phase of the transformation, not just showing you it, well, then, then you're going to keep experiencing those blockages. Um, and, and yeah, you can bring that into your partnership, into your bedroom and you can see like, you know, sex isn't what porn looks like it's not what the movies look like and especially if you're doing it in a tantric way um, it's so much more that you can have a conversation you can explore with your partner like whoa I'm I have a pain here or I'm uncomfortable here you know my partner gives yoni massage um, and lingam massage for me maybe others in the future um, but as a therapy to understand how much of this is stored in your body if you've ever read the book, I recommend to the audience. It's a thick one, but the body keeps the score. has a lot of the science of how this stuff is stored in the body. It's also a great prerequisite to inner child work to understand a lot of that logically. If you're very in the mind, and very sharp and intelligent. And so um, within the womb, within the pelvic floor for women and within the lingam and around that area for men, the lingam being the penis, if you're not sure, um, that a massage, a therapeutic massage for one to two to three hours, exploring the traumas and the things like as you start working in there in this therapeutic way, you'd be so surprised what comes up. The amount of guilt and shame I had come up from a, like an area in my hip was incredible. Like, I think we're going to make love. It's hot. And like then starts getting giving a massage like that and starts opening. And next thing I know, I'm crying. And it's like, well, I didn't see this turning this way. Like, what the fuck's going on, right? And to be vulnerable in a space where that's okay, that's accepted, that's love, that's nurture, that's what's needed in this moment. 
you know, like when I go in to make love and we're warming up and, you know, foreplay and all of that. And then, like, as I'm massaging her, she just, like, shuts off, like, in a way of, like, complete relaxation. And I realize, oh, like, you're tired. You need to, to rest. Like, that's what you need right now as much as you want to have sex. Like, let's just put the sheet over you and we'll lay and we'll relax. And that's what you really need and honor your yes, honor what your body needs. And um, so, you know, as far as learning lingam and yoni massage between partners or getting a professional one um, can be a very powerful door opener into into healing a lot of these sexuality, you know, and yeah, uh, learning a lot about what's there for you and, and to heal mm-hmm. and re, uh, open the flow of a lot of yeah. That. Yeah, man. Th- thanks for for sharing that information. Um, I, I know you're on your way up uh, to work with some men um, in, in a men's retreat with with our buddy Mike Salemi, and uh, I know this is the second one he's had. Uh, and you you you've been in this space where you're supporting other men in their journey. Uh, we talked a little bit about like you know you mentioned about uh, how. Uh, your dad, what he taught you about uh, sexuality for me, my dad put a book on the toilet when I became when I was a teenager, and that was my lesson. Um, so you know, we're our our parents are giving us like better than their parents, and uh, you know, we're, they're 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 showing up uh, for us in a way uh, with with at least for me it was with the best intentions. Uh, but then you grow up in uh, this adult man body, and then. You know, it's, it's trying to make different meaning and understanding and live a beautiful, happy life and all those things we want. Um, it, to, to me, it has been uh, very important to have uh, other other very solid men in my life that um, that I know because I'm, if I'm hanging out with this average of men, like I will be just like them and, and they level me up, right? Because they, they, they encourage me, they motivate me watching them. And so, and, and, and so I'm, I'm very fortunate, right? That, that I, that I have really close men that I can hug in my life who are not in my family. And, and there's a, a lot that had to happen for that to happen. And so for, for the folks listening out there, um, and we're talking, I'm talking about the brothers here. Um, you know, what, uh, and, and maybe they're finding themselves um, in their world and, and maybe not, not being, uh, driven from purpose, maybe not having, uh, those connections with other men and, and, and healing those parts, um, of, of the masculine, um, and, and br- bringing the, the bridge with the feminine. Like, how can somebody start doing this for themselves? What, what, what would you, what would you, uh, uh, recommend, uh, for somebody to take action or do or, or read? Yeah, well, I would say um, this goes for the men and the women. But what I'm hearing is um, is is essentially experiencing pure love, um, the, untying and untangling sex and love. You know, first first untangling them, so then you can create the relationship between sex and love, and you know uh, how how you desire rather than what you learned and to experience true love, pure love between brothers and actually between sisters. Sisters need it too. And for brothers to have sisters that is pure love, that's not sexual. And um, as far as getting started, you can read. 
all the shit as much as you want. I did. You can listen to all the podcasts as much as you want, like I did. And then eventually, you're ready to, to take a leap, to take a step to do it. You know, you've been sitting on the sideline watching watching the, the football game or watching them play baseball, and you're like, okay, see how he throws. Okay, see how he swings the bat. I get, okay, I read about the technique. Okay, I've been checking that out. And it's like, now do you want to play the game? Like, do you want to just try? Like, how, how do you learn most, by doing it or by studying it? You know, and so when you're ready, like have an experience with me, have an experience with Danny, have an experience with both of us, like coordinate something, invest in yourself, take a, take a leap. You know, when I did it, I didn't know why I did it at first, but I put more than half of what I owned in and it came back to me in so many ways and brought me so much value and like you never miss it, miss the money when it's gone. So you know, ask yourself why you're not, why, why you're hesitant to do it. Are you hesitant to change your life? Are you hesitant? Are you scared? You know, are you scared of the change? Or you have a story that you don't want to spend the money or it's too expensive or this, but you know, life to me, the purpose, at least what I've discovered, the point is to have an experience to individuate and to feel it all. And, um, and so, you know, when you're ready to play the game, just get in. And it's like, <laughs> I think any athlete can understand that. Like, yeah, you just got to get in there, whether you suck at first or you're great or whatever, but you're going to get real experience by doing it, you know? Um, and so my, my encouragement to everyone that's on the fence, that the curiosity is there. That's the reason you're listening. That's the reason you're tuning in to Danny's offerings, to my offerings, is, is that you're, you're ready it's just, you know, you have the curiosity. It's just a matter of time. That's how ayahuasca was for me. She just showed up. She hung around. I listened to podcasts about her. I read a book about her. And so and so until it was like, look, do you want to go or not? Okay, fuck it. I'm going. Let's go to Columbia. Like, I don't know where the fuck I'm going. Mike just told me, book a ticket to Bogota. That was the only thing I knew. I had no fucking clue where we were staying, what we were doing outside of like going for medicine, but nothing. Like, just go. Trust. And so uh, I advise, I suggest that uh, you take a leap and you do that when you're ready for you. Beautiful, man. Uh, yeah, Nico, I, I want to thank you for, for like, uh, touching on so many different subjects today. Uh, we could just pick one path and, and talk about that. Um, and I'm sure, I'm sure you'll come back in the show and, and, and explore more. Uh, of what you've uh, been practicing and, and that has supported you in your life and now you're sharing with others, man. But, um, you know, I, I just want to thank you, man, for uh, just from the bottom of my heart, man, for, for being in my life and, and uh, sharing uh, some really beautiful experiences together. Uh, I'm older than you, and yet, like, I feel that you're my older brother uh, when we hang out. And, and, and so for me, you're always this like grounded energy um, that uh, I know when we're in ceremony, I can look up uh, even when you're out there purging. Uh, I, I, I feel this like safety, this grounding that, that you provide, man. And, um, you know, you, you, you definitely have made my life better uh, because you're in it. And uh, I, I know if, if people are looking into, um, you know, working with you in, in, in a container with this only man or in a plant medicine container or through uh, Tantra type work, I, I know that they'll, they'll gain a lot from it, man. 
Um, but I want to honor you, man, for, for the work that you're doing. Um, and, and, you know, there, there's a lot of people out there that just go about life um, with what, you know, they've been programmed to know and, and, and just go with what's in the subconscious, man. And uh, I just want to thank you for, for being one of the brothers that wakes up, um, decides to do things differently. And uh, I'm, 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 I'm very happy that you frequent, frequent Oaxaca so much because, you know, I'm from here and I'm, I'm, I'm living here right now. Uh, so, yeah, man, I, I, I truly want to uh, uh, thank you for all your knowledge today. Thank you, Danny. Thank you for having me. Thank you for your life, for being my brother. I love you so deeply. And, you know, the level of depth and, and how close we can become in such a short time and the trust we can have between each other to know each other is going to be there. If, if I need something, if I truly need something, like I know I can call you. And that's the kind of connections and community and love that I was seeking in my life and that I'm so blessed to have and so blessed that you're able to um, be that in my life and be part of that with, with our family, with our soul tribe that has come together. And uh, yeah, I, I hope, I pray, and I, uh, and I believe that at the end of the year, um, you know, it's time for a ceremony together and, and hopefully some of these others that are curious want to come join and, you know, i be so blessed and so grateful to have you sit in a, a ceremony where I'm apprenticing and to sit with the hickory with me. And, um, yeah, and I know I'll be coming back to Mama Martha's to go see Grandma uh, in time, over the time. So when that's right as well, you know, she's called me a bit. So I know I know that's on the horizon. And, um, yeah, looking forward to making babies and, and having little little cousins around and, and raising each other's families and, you know, watching life happen. That and fires me up, man. All, all of that fires me up. And uh, uh, I, I, I love that, that, that those are the things that, um, we, we seek in life now, you know, this connections, this building, this community, this family together, you know, so, uh, I'm absolutely in, man, and, and, and I definitely want to come down to Masunte, uh, spend, uh, uh, a night up with you, uh, sipping on, uh, some, uh, uh, pe pe peyote frappuccinos and, yeah. uh, and having the time of our life, man. Uh, where, where can, where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me through Instagram at Nico Medicino. Uh, through the link tree there, there's a couple of different projects I'm a part of. If you'd like to contribute or collaborate on any of them or work with me individually or with my partner and I, um, we will also be offering some retreats for couples and some tantric retreats in the near future. Um, looking at the end of this year down in uh, Mexico as a getaway. A little vacation tantric retreat uh, with an additional optional ceremony. So you can connect with me through Instagram, whether you want to DM or um, through the link tree. Uh, you can book a call and we can hang out and have a conversation and see how I could support in your journey and in your life. Awesome, man. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, thank you, Nico, and happy healing. Thank you, brother. Love you. Love you.